Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Well, the Jazz are back at it tonight in Washington against a Wizards team coming off a defeat. Last second loss to Sacramento. Wizards now 11 games under 500. Jazz are going to be without Mike Conley. He'll miss tonight's game for the Jazz due to hamstring management. PK, we have multiple questions up being debated on our Facebook page. And one of them, Mike Conley, Mike Conley out for the Wizards game. How much do the Jazz win by? People are pretty confident. Oh, they should be. I mean, I think this is sort of sending a message. You know, it's back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think by the Jazz resting Conley for the hamstring management, hammy man, as I call it, that uh, that basically they're saying, uh, we believe you're the lesser of the two teams here, Washington and Toronto, so we're going to rest him now because we think our chances of winning tonight are better without him, and then we'll take our chances tomorrow with him. That's the way I read it. So it's if Washington wants to read it that way, I wouldn't blame them. But what are you going to do about it? And the facts are the facts. Yep, that is how they read it. It does split the days off. He's got two days now off before he plays and two days off after he plays. And I would think those are the two considerations. But I think the main one would be what you said, which is lesser of the two teams. And by record, you can't really argue with that. So we'll see how it plays out because in any one game, anything can happen, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Game tips at 5 o'clock tonight. Jazz with a win would move to 30-10, and 10, be back to winning 75% of their games, which is a little over a 60-win pace in a full season. Game tips at 5, Jazz game night. The pregame show starts at 4 o'clock with Jake Scott and with, and with uh, Tim Lacombe, and so that'll be at 4. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Well, we've been talking about the big dogs in the West winning a lot lately, but not for the Clippers last night. Luka Doncic went off, and the Dallas Mavericks beat the Clippers. Doncic 42-9. Mavericks win 105-89, and PK sometimes scores are misleading late runs and all that kind of stuff, but Dallas was really in control of this game most of the way. The Clippers didn't have an answer for Doncic most of the way. This is just how this game was trending, and that, that final score is pretty representative of how things went. Ah, Doncic really is something else. I mean, all I can say, he really is a first-team all-whacker. I mean, he's just brilliant. And the Clippers stuck on 89 points, a little on the low end. Let's not ignore their lack of offense versus the the Mavs' defense. 89, that is a pretty tiny number in the NBA these days, especially for a team that averages about 25 points more per game than that. That is a poor performance. Nuggets, strong performance. They roll past Charlotte, 129-104. to Denver is now a half game in front of Portland as they go back and forth in the race for fifth. And they're closing in. They're only game behind the Clippers in the race for fourth. There was a break there. The top four had pulled away a little bit, but not so much with the Clippers uh, struggling here lately, four and six in their last ten. Nuggets are hot, eight and two in their last ten. They are closing that gap. Right on. Other scores of interest, Bucks needed OT, a last-second shot to get there. They get it, and they end up with a win in OT. They beat Philadelphia, two of the top three teams in the East. 
Giannis Antetokounmpo, 32 and 15. The Bucks knocked the Sixers off. Yeah, but no Joel Embiid. Golden State Warriors, they get the win. They beat the Houston Rockets 108 to 94. Steph Curry into the third quarter, stumbling backwards, falling on his tailbone on the steps and the stands beyond the bench. And he left the game with a bruised tailbone. We'll see how bad that is and how long he's out for. That was an awkward-looking play. You don't see that very often. Former NBA center Sean Bradley, former Cougar, suffered a traumatic spinal cord injury that left him paralyzed after being hit by a car from behind while riding his bike a block from his home in St. George on January 20th. He underwent neck fusion surgery. He spent the last eight weeks hospitalized and undergoing rehabilitation. Uh, It happened in January, only announced yesterday, released by the Dallas Mavericks, an official statement through the team. And that is uh, surprising and horrible news for Sean Bradley and his family. I know of so many people who've been in bike accidents. I mean, Kirk Craigthorpe's sister-in-law, his wife's sister, got killed in a bike accident. And in fact, I know somebody else, a guy who I play in my men's league, his sister and brother-in-law got hammered down in Utah County, and she ended up dying. And the brother-in-law lived, but obviously was seriously uh, messed up physically and mentally, as you can imagine, man. It's just freaking crazy. Milwaukee Bucks and Houston Rockets swinging a deal. P.J. Tucker, the big name in the trade, leaving the Rockets, going to the Bucks. Bucks are sending D.J. Augustin, D.J. Wilson to the Rockets for Tucker. Forward Rodian Kurix. The key to completing the deal includes redirecting of draft picks the two teams had previously traded. So Houston's pushing back a 2022 first-round pick that Milwaukee owes it. To the unprotected 2023 draft, sources said, and the Rockets get the right to swap their 2021 second-round pick for the Bucks' 2021 first round. Uh, pick. They say thing comes in threes, so I would like a three DJs. How about you? Put me in the deal, man. Yeah. A Bucks fan's going to be disappointed. Yeah, but Houston would be ecstatic. <laughs> so would everybody who plays Milwaukee. You can make a lot of people happy. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. All right, PK. March Madness gets going officially now. The first four games. And there are three games. And then the big one with UCLA and Michigan State. Drake and Wichita State. 427. That game is on... uh, Is that on TBS or TNT, Yuck? They're... They're split across True TV and TBS tonight. Okay, so it's TBS. don't know. TBS for Drake and Wichita State. It's TBD, PK. Texas, Texas Southern, Mount St. Mary's, uh, App State, Norfolk State. Those are the H-C- true TV games. No, yeah, H-C-A-C. Who, H-G-H-C. Who gives a crap? I was going to say. Well, you do when H-G-A-C. you try to find the game. I'm not going to be watching those games tomorrow during the day. Not even close. I'll watch the night game because it will affect the uh, Utah or BYU situation. But You don't want to watch nah, Appalachian man. State? I no, I'm going to skip no. App State and Norfolk State. And then because by that time, the Jazz game. Yeah, on. the Drake-Wichita State game will go. What about Drake-Bulldogs? It starts Bulldogs? like 30 minutes before the Jazz, 45 minutes. Good Nothing against the Drake-Bulldogs and Wichita State's a little bit of a you'll, brand name. But yeah, you'll be flipping Jazz over. take precedence. But you'll yes. be flipping over no, during commercial We'll breaks. be flipping over to watch the Jazz, yes. Uh, well, I won't be flipping over to watch the Jazz game? Is that what you just no, said? I no, said no I'll be locked be... on the Jazz. Okay, good. We'll be locked on the Jazz. There we go. I'll no, have a second I'll, game I've, to flip to. 
Well, no, I'll flip over to what's going on with the Kardashians. First things first, keep your L.A. roots. UCLA, Michigan State tips off. Scheduled for 7.57, so 8 o'clock. Inevitably, it'll be a little late anyway. Uh, And BYU gets the winner of that UCLA-Michigan State game at 8 o'clock. Group of college basketball players competing in this year's NCAA men's basketball tournament are using March Madness Bright Spotlight to push for changes in NCAA rules and federal laws that will provide more protections and opportunities to make money for college athletes. Spearheaded by a trio of Big Ten upperclassmen, they plan to protest throughout the tournament on social media using the hashtag NotNCA Property. Host panel discussions with athletes and experts to discuss unjust NCA rules and ways to ensure college athletes are treated fairly. They did not indicate any plans to boycott games. Well, that's their biggest leverage right there. Oh, that would be stupid. Not doing it. <laughs> it's, that's my biggest leverage. It's also your biggest self-spite. I, I, I say go for it, man. Do it. I'm, as someone who paid for, and I think I'm the only guy on the station, who paid for every cent of his college education, uh, I would hashtag free education, but that's just me. But I don't begrudge these guys from doing it. Why not? It's sort of symbolic. It's like putting a sign in your, your high on your hill mountain, top home, acting like you're actually doing something. Except putting a sign. That's all you're doing is putting a sign. Yeah, I'll give you all sorts of emotional support. How about you give me money and you sell your house and you go move to the other side of town where it's low income and help people out? You know, th- this is to me. I view it as symbolic. But why not? Sure. What, what do you got to lose? I, I think they should open it up and let these kids because they're already getting money. I mean, if, if you don't think that the top players are getting money, I, I can't. I can't say it enough. You're 100% naive. But go ahead. I'd say let them do it and let these kids get as much money as they can. Because they think that that's what they want. And who doesn't want more money? I mean, everybody does. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Two civil lawsuits that have been filed against Houston, Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson alleging inappropriate conduct during massages on two separate occasions, two separate plaintiffs, both from dates in 2020. We told you about the first one yesterday, but now there is a second one, so we're going to sit around and wait for tomorrow and see if there's going to end up being a third one here and where this is headed. As for the signings... <laughs> As for the signings, former All-Pro corner Patrick Peterson is signing with the Vikings on a one-year $10 million deal. Kyle Van Oy signing with the Patriots. Two years, $13.2 million for Van Oy to leave Miami and go back to New England. Many of these deals had already been rumored ahead of time, but now they can officially announce them. Deadline yesterday afternoon. So, Yeah, I think as far as the Patriots, you know, they've made a number of signings. And I think they used this last season sort of regroups here where they were because they had players opt out, players leave. It was a crazy season, obviously. They had some some cap hits to eat, too, but now they've done that. Next year, assuming uh, we're assuming it's going to be somewhat of a degree of normalcy. I don't know that we'll ever get there again, but nevertheless, it should be more normal. So it seems like, you know, maybe regrouping. I wouldn't judge the point I'm making long-winded is I wouldn't judge the Patriots' future based on last season exclusively. 
yeah, I guess mentally I've established last season as kind of the floor for them and how much do they bounce back. I would expect some bounce back because there are a lot of things about last season that were odd, including the number of players they had opt out. So I'm thinking 7-9 and nine is the worst. Uh, Cam Newton back as quarterback for another year, and he did not throw the ball well at all, near or at the bottom in key statistical categories. Now, was he hurt and hiding some injuries? Is he going to be better just because he's healthier, or is he you know, basically all done? Should be a better team around him, so that ought to be worth something. Uh, you know, 7-9, if you win three more games, are you a playoff team? Now, the Dolphins did last year. They were 10 wins and didn't make it. Usually you make it with 10 wins, and they didn't. But I don't know that they can get all three of those wins back. See how it plays out. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack at 8 o'clock. Carlos Silva Jr. covers the Texas Tech Red Raiders. The Lubbock Avalanche Journal, Texas Tech getting ready to play Utah State. He'll be on at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. March Madness is here, and now it's time to put that college basketball knowledge to the test. It's the Zone Bracket Challenge, where you can compete against the Zone hosts as well as Zone listeners. Oh my goodness! Log on now to 1280zonebracket.com to fill out your bracket for a chance to win a Nordic Track X22i bike. Valued at over $2,000 as well as other great prizes. It's the Zone Bracket Challenge, going on now at 1280zonebracket.com. Presented by the store, SNS Roofing, Bullfrog Spas, and Elite Works. DJ and PK Hot Takes a Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury has not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. Multiple questions to ponder today. Everybody's filling out brackets. You can do it at 1280thezone.com. Loyola Chicago Superfan. Sister Jean has picked BYU to go to the Final Four, PK. Was your heart all aflutter when you heard that? My heart's always all always aflutter. I thought so. Sister Jean has picked BYU to the Final Four. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> BYU, the sixth seed to the Final Four. Six seeds are due. We haven't had a sixth seed in the Final Four in 29 years. That means nothing to me. It really doesn't because the difference between a six and seven seed, and we've had a bunch of seven seeds in there. Long shots, six seeds and below, uh, one a year or every other year for about a decade here. And college basketball's really changed with so many leaving early, so so many players leaving early. So the teams that get old and stay old, maybe don't have the brand name, but they have a good team coached up. Your Wichita States and VCUs and Loyola Chicago's teams that have made deep runs, they haven't been seeded great. They make noise, not deep runs. Noise. Make noise. I, I think that Larry Kristowiak nailed it a few years back. He said, well, you got to start it somehow. That's how they start it. But once the ball goes up in the air, it's not about your seed. It's about who plays better and as well as, well as they can in that particular game. So I'm not really interested in the seeds. The seeds add to the drama, but seeds don't determine games. Talent determines games. So BYU to the Final Four. Sister Jean. Not Billy Jean. Sister Jean. Famous Jean's. Ready? Go. 
Sister Jean. Scott says this would be huge for Catholic Mormon relations. Nice olive branch from Sister Jean. Well, I mean, this is this this is my expertise. I mean, I, huge for Catholic Mormon Mormon relationships. I thought we had no problem with you people. Now you telling me there's something that we need to do more for you people? Because I'm willing to do it. I, I speak from a position of authority on this. I never played the game. We want the I would know Chapel. a chip block from any block, but. You know, H&R block and a chip block mean nothing to me. They're the same thing. But my mother's sister, my aunt, spent her entire adult life as a nun. When I entered high school, she bought me a desk that I still have to this day. 23 years later, I still have that (laughs) desk. (laughs) (laughs) Do the math, people. Stay with me. So I can speak to it. I thought we got. I think we get along fine with you people. Is there some we need to further it? He's not coming from a position of there's an issue, right? I mean, we love you guys. We want the Sistine Chapel. You want it? Well, we'll throw it in that. What trade is this? The DJ. NBA? Yeah, the NBA trade deadline. <laughs> what do you you want it? I'm the. What G- are you going to trade? The Y on the mountain? What do you What do you got? We'll trade the conference center. How about that? I mean. I think we have a beautiful relationship between the two of us. So if this helps, great. But Sister Jean, she's a nun. I know nuns. I went to school. I had Sister Mary of Perpetual Motion. She never stopped moving in the seventh grade. It was in the best shape of my life. I had nuns as teachers. And I tell you a story. I went to St. Peter's. First six years, I don't have a teacher for a nun. There are none for a teacher. My uh, my mother complains. Seventh and eighth grade, I get a sister both years. That's crazy. Go to Catholic school, you'd think you'd get a nun for a teacher. I didn't get it until seventh grade after my mother complained. And then in the eighth grade, for seven years, I went to the same school. And the same kids, we had two classes per. Two first grade, two second grade, and on and on. And what they would do is they divided them between the smart kids and the dumb kids. Of course, I was in the dumb class. Senior in high school, government teacher says to me, what are you going to do with your future? I said, I'm going to college. He laughed. He laughed. Well, that's encouraging. Thanks. He said, no, be serious. (laughs) That's a fact. Go to college. Go to college. Go to Arizona State. Took a, a broadcast editing class. It's, it's so prehistoric. The, the the whole department isn't even on campus now. It's downtown. Well, it was on campus then. And they had two studios. And you had to cut and splice the tape, put it together. The professor prefer- purposely made mistakes in broadcasting. You had to slice it, put it together. And they let you do because studio time, you had to sign up for studio time. It was valuable. They let you go in, in twosomes, right? So me and another friend, Brian, who was obviously in the class, we did it together. The exact same thing. And then you put it on a cartridge, and then you submit it to the class. The exact same thing. The ex- I mean, literally the exact same thing. Brian got an A. I got a B-. minus. It was literally the exact same thing. What vibe are you sending out? The teachers are rejecting you. How about that? So in the eighth grade, they, they had known. And we, we knew. We had figured it out by then. We're in a dumb class. And they're in a smart class. So we would go out uh, during lunch. We didn't have PE. 
well, during lunch we'd have we'd play sports and we would purposely just try to kick the crap out of them. We'd play football, our class against your class, and we'd taunt them. Like we may be stupid, but we're better athletically. I mean, this is real. I am not making this up. What kind of uh, twisted school did you go to? <laughs> At my elementary school, public school, Sunnyside Elementary in Benita, California. Hello. Teacher told me this, and I didn't know this. And I assume it was true in the previous years. But my sixth grade teacher said that they literally, they're about 90 kids per class. You had about 30 in a class. And he said they literally had a draft. And teachers picked the kids they wanted. I want so-and-so. It's like a fantasy football draft, but they were drafting elementary school kids. They were drafting 11- and 12-year-olds. I assume the second- and third-grade teachers were drafting 8- and 9-year-olds. I don't know how it worked. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know they had either. a draft. Was it a snake order? Like, yeah, somebody popped up, and he said, and he got mad, and they were mad. And he said, hey, I wanted you kids. I literally picked you. I drafted you, and I'm in the back thinking, well, you want some of us a little more than you want others, but I didn't say anything. Just <laughs> That up. didn't come up. But I'm like, well, somebody got picked 28th. <laughs> but well, I guess you wanted it more than the other five kids that were still on the board. I think the last two uh, were jazz fans, and they went next to last and last. That's that's the way that worked. I mean, that's <laughs> Rudy and Don, the Rudy and yeah. Donovan of the class. So my eighth grade year... They then they just went every other kid, so they split it up. So after going to the same kids, same seven years, then in the eighth grade, I only had half of them because they just started at A and just went right down to Z and just made every other one. So, uh, was, uh, so you know, I know what about what it's like to be a Catholic. And Sister Jean is picking BYU. And Andy Katz interviewed her. Hard hitting. Way to go. <laughs> I thought I was watching the late night talk shows. <laughs> now that we've had the presidential change. <laughs> I'm going to grill the 101-year-old sister now on her NCAA picks. Well, I, I just oh, I kept them in the Elite Eight. Oh, and then I just for the Final Four, I just have Gonzaga, BYU, Baylor, and West Virginia. How about that? All right, there it is. BYU to the Final Four. That would be absolutely awesome. Going to be the Cinderella this year. Uh, Move over, George Mason. Would that be a Cinderella? Uh, a succeed? Oh, you and your freaking seeds again. Yes. <laughs> she goes on to say she doesn't pay attention to the numbers. That's why she, she doesn't go by right. seeds. You and your, the seeds. Who cares what the seeds are? Uh, and I get it if you're a 14, a 15, a 16, and you're playing these rinky-dink conferences that you get the automatic bid and you're just happy to be there. That's outrageous. But BYU's just not happy to be there. I mean, that, that, Yeah, but will they be happy to be there if they get to a Sweet 16? They'll be happy to They're be there. They're not going to be happy to be there when they walk out there for the first game. 16, Elite 8, you'll be happy to be there every place, but that doesn't mean you're satisfied if that's what you're asking. Well, we'll see if they get there. But I think that's the that's the risk when you're when you're BYU and you don't have a history of going to Sweet Sixteens. 
be a huge. Now, you know, if you're not coming back to campus and getting all the pats on the back, and they won't be this year because they'll all just be staying in Indiana. In Indiana. Well, it would be a run that would have them facing off against Gonzaga in the Final Four. So a round four against the Bulldogs. The first Final Four in school history. You'd be happy to be there. <laughs> well, I mean, they made they made massive improvement from games uh, it's, it's, one and two to three. It's a good point. Play yeah, Gonzaga. Just making the, it. Making the Final Four would be incredible. Yes, it always is. It doesn't. It's not going to be any less incredible for Gonzaga. It's not like they have a string of Final Fours. <laughs> How many PK? Count them up. Yeah, that would obviously be one. And there it is. Yeah. So of course, making. Every step you take is something to celebrate, but it doesn't mean you have to be satisfied with it. I mean, BYU, you got to give Pope credit as far as what he's decided to do immediately is get old and stay old. He's two for two in that category. I don't think there's any question about that. So with that in mind, you know, you have some level of maturity. I mean, just listening to Harm's talk on Sunday, he felt like you were talking to a 35-year-old guy about what he was uh, interested in and what he wanted to see happen. And Barcelo, yeah, these kids have been around the block. And that's the great thing about bringing in these older guys is that they have a lot of perspective, and their perspective has changed. And their perspective at this point is about winning. You know, and we've talked for years about how Dave Rose lost what he called the program players because their perspective really wasn't about winning. Their perspective was about, you know, where's mine? Gordon Hayward types. Hayward wanted to shoot more. Let's just call it like it is. He wanted to be more of the offense. He wasn't. He was getting thirty some million dollars a year to play friggin' basketball, and he clearly wasn't happy in Boston. So he wanted more, and he got more. Now the team isn't any better. They're about the same, but I assume he's happier because he's jacking up more shots. Right? That's what he wants. He's still obscenely rich, and will always be. And Charlie and Bernie and, and the kids there, good for them. They'll they'll have that privilege that I, I'm supposed to have myself, but they'll have it, uh, and good for them. Well, you get these fifth-year seniors and these guys that Pope has brought in, you, you can tell they're about winning. and doesn't Everything else is all secondary, and that's a great position to be in. So I think that's one of the advantages of what Pope is doing as far as getting old and staying old is that you can see it's all about what we can do, what I can do to help this team win. And maybe that can carry them a little bit more than their seed would indicate. The great thing about it is they'll have the opportunity. Question of the day. It's up at Facebook. BYU to the Final Four. Sister Jean picked him. Do you believe in miracles? Mark says, I guess we'll find out if Austin Collie is right when he said magic happens. He was right. He, he was wants, speaking from the past tense. He wants future. He wants Final Four magic happens to prove the point. Rick says, what's a Sister Jean? Come on, Rick. You know who Sister Jean is. That would be who's a Sister Jean. Brooks says, I believe in cis gene. And it's not cis gene. That's all disrespectful to nuns. It's sister gene. My aunt was Sister Marie to the world. To me, she was Aunt Marie. Great lady. She taught uh, 
the Four Seasons children. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. You're just so good to be true. Have you heard of them? I have. They are North Jersey's finest. And they were the precursor to Springsteen and Bon Jovi and and Dana Owens, Queen Latifah from Newark. All those great musical artists that have come out of my home state. She taught their kids. They sent their kids to her school. Uh, great, great lady. A mentor in my life. And that's who Sister Jean has become. It's who is, would you rather be Sister Jean or Sister Golden Hair? <laughs> Bart tweets at us, that isn't going to happen. Oh, Bart. Bart is always a parade raider on. Bart, raining on the parade before the parade even starts. <laughs> Ray says, yeah, but that'd be a bigger miracle than Moses parting the Red Sea. That being said, hashtag go Cougs. It's a BYU fan who just isn't going to get his hopes up. He's not going to so get his wrong. hopes up. He's wrong. Moses didn't part the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. Moses had the faith, but Moses didn't do it. Josh says even God would laugh when he saw that on the list of miracles he had to perform. Oh, I like how people talk for God. I knew you That's would. That's one thing I've never done. I've never talked for God. Mikey, uh, Mikey Scotty Toddy, says last year's team might have sniffed an Elite Eight appearance. This year's team will squeak by the first round and get dismantled in the second round. I hope I'm wrong. Go local teams. Rooting for all of you. Well, it's both of them, but uh, rather than all of you. Uh Dismantled in the second round. So if I think they win a first round game, are they, are they calling it the first round or the second round now? I mean, they changed that. Tonight round. is the first four. Saturday will be the first round. Okay, that's the I think that's what they should do. Uh, if they win a first round game, I don't see them getting dismantled in the second round. They very well could lose, but there's obviously a difference between losing and being dismantled, right? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, is Texas going to beat them by 20? I mean, I assume that's they get the Texas Abilene Christian winner. I don't think anyone assumes Abilene Christian is going to be dismantling anybody in the second round. Abilene Christian's the best three-point shooting team in the country. Is Texas going to blow them off the floor? Or is Abilene Christian going to just annihilate people a barrage of threes and just, hello, sweet 16, we're Abilene Christian and we're here for the first time? Yeah, that would that would be way more of a Cinderella, obviously, than the Cougars would be if they managed to get to however far they go. See, the, the thing about it is, I don't think they view themselves as a Cinderella. That that's a great start. If you don't think that's why I said Pope when you were joking about getting out the tape measure, mm-hmm. that's the last thing that you do, because that indicates that wow. We have got uh, just a crazy task here, and we really are these prohibitive underdogs. I don't think they view themselves that way. I mean, you got a Harms kid who's played in the Sweet 16 and yep. Elite Eight at Purdue, and Barcelo goes to Arizona. Arizona right now isn't what they've what, what they've been, but they have been. When he went there, they were making regular appearances. So I don't think those guys have that mindset 
of, you know, just happy to be here type thing. They're not playing in the first four games. They're waiting for somebody coming out of the first four games. So you would think they'd have the attitude you're talking about. Yeah. Bring it on. Let's go. I think they do. And they've got a guy like Harms in the locker room. He was was very definitive when they put him in front of the camera after the selection show. You know, about the desperation you have to play for. Absolutely. If you don't win, the season is over. And his... what he said was, but I think even more so, it was the tone. Yeah, you know, it was a great like, interview. I've been there. Listen to me, all of you who are wide-eyed and like, I've always wanted to play in the tournament. This is what it's like. I've played in it. Here's As I how said, it, I felt like I was listening to is. a thirty-five-year-old yeah. man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very pointed. All right, let's go to the phones. Eight five five three four zero zone. Matt is checking in. Is this Catholic, Matt? No. Oh, okay. All right, I thought we were, thought we were getting a sports radio legend checking in again here. What do you got for us, Matt? Yeah, so I actually I have no clue who Sister Jean is. Um, don't really care what she says. But I have BYU going to the Elite Eight. It's going to be crazy if they do. Um, I have Abilene Christian upsetting Texas. So, you know, hopefully that happens. Probably not. But if BYU went to the Final Four, all I know is I would probably black out and we don't know if I would be responsible for whatever happened after that. But um, go Cougs. See you guys later. All right. Black out. Not responsible for whatever I do. When he said black out, I assumed like pass out and just hit the ground, at which point I would assume you wouldn't do anything. But I suppose you could just, you know, completely lose your mind, yet stay conscious, and then, yeah, I don't know. True. Did you ever pass out? I have passed out. Yes, I have passed out. Heat exhaustion. It's Not a fun. Uh, really, really crazy, wild feeling. It really is. Uh, yeah, don't ever want to do that again. Tipped but over wow. on my 80-whatever-year-old aunt. <laughs> just everything was, and it was I, was, I was overheated, dressed poorly, it got hot, and it had been cold, and I had on the sweater, and the room was hot, and I just tipped over sideways. What just happened? And dragged me outdoors. I thought you might tell us. Well, tell me about yours. Let's go. Yeah, it's personal. Oh, okay. No, it's just very quick. Uh, some uh, handymen were coming in, and they knocked on the door, but they opened the door, and I got up, and then I uh, I passed out over the arm of the couch, and I was getting ready to work out, and and then they brought me to, and I went. I started to go to the gym. They got in front of the door and barred me from going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not you, dude. <laughs> you just so, passed out. You gotta... It's not Katie bar the door. <laughs> handyman bar handyman the door. Handyman bar the door. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. I said, no, no, I'm fine. Oh, I, I told you about my sister. That was freaking wild. Mine And mine was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe a minute or two. Just I got up too quick. Boom. The only time. But my, didn't I tell you about my sister at the, the Angels uh, spring training game? At, uh, if you did, I don't there. remember. Yeah, we're sitting there. It was just a few years ago, uh, sitting there, and uh, it was hot. It was because it was a uh, Final Four Saturday, so it was right towards the end of spring training. So it was, we were excited to be down there. I got some tickets, and I got uh, free tickets. Used my connections, so I brought my sister and her guy, and we're sitting down left field, and she's sitting next to me. And the place is packed. It's bleacher seats, and it's just jammed, and it's hot. And she, like, leans over. And I thought she, like, leaning over to tell me something. And then she falls, kind of just just melts almost. And then she came to, 
And then she did it again. So she passed out again, and she starts falling. I catch her. She would have banged her head, right? I'm panicked at this point, and I yell at my wife, go get, go get help. She goes out and goes to get help. Well, they wake her up, and uh, then, I mean, she's a very proud, educated, accomplished woman. <laughs> she's skinny, too. They take her up the stands. We're sitting, like, in the second row with the bleachers, and there's, like, 20 rows with an aisle. And so they got uh, two uh, EMTs, and one guy has by both feet, and the other has by both arms, and they're <laughs> She's like for she's protesting to put her down because she and which people think, you know, maybe she's drunk or something and she wasn't. And they call the ambulance. The ambulance comes. You, you got to understand these Italian sisters of mine. I'm not getting in that ambulance. I'm fine. <laughs> Go away. Was there some and profanity I, mixed in there? Just to and I got the emphasis. security or the MTV, MT guy, M, M, EMT guy. You got to convince her to get to the hospital. I said, yeah, I'm the young brother here. I'm the youngest. So I call my older sister, and I say, Patty, man, you got to talk to her. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> but she did not go. We could see the ambulance came right up to the gate. Cause you could, and you could hear it coming too. You oh know? boy! Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> yeah, everyone's looking around, and you want to like put your hands over your head, point yourself. That's for me. I passed out. I gotta go now. Right. Embarrassing. And she said, "I'm not going. I am not going." I, well, we're gonna have to ask you to leave. Okay, I'll leave. So it was like the third inning and oh, a gorgeous man. day that we had looked forward to all all winter to go. So we left. But the good thing is that we got home in time that uh, I watched Gonzaga play in the Final Four. I remember watching that on that Saturday because I was just going to check the score on my phone. And she never went to the hospital. Never. And uh, never did go to the hospital and never fainted again. But, man, that was wild. All right. Well, Matt can't be responsible for what happens if BYU gets on a roll in this tournament. Yeah. Blacking out. I mean, obviously, he was just making a point that he'd be delirious. But I think it's possible. I mean, it's a long shot. I, I agree with you on that. But I think they got a shot. If they play, if Harms is aggressive and throws down dunks and do what he can do, uh, like we were talking about the other day at Joe, when we were talking about, you know, with Rudy throwing down that dunk, that's what I want to see Harms do, man. I want to see him take no prisoners type of attitude. Well, Michigan State or UCLA to open up, probably Texas in the next round. Could be a two-seed like Alabama waiting for them, or maybe they'll be an upset. Rick Pitino and Iona, baby, the 15th seed. Cinderella run. We'll see how it plays out. All starts uh, Saturday for Iona. Who's Iona got? Iona's playing Alabama. Ooh, man, Alabama. They've had a great, great season, obviously. But Iona... I don't know. I don't know how good they are. All I can say is Jeff Rulin's not walking through that door. That's old school right there. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Craig Bolojack, TV voice of the Jazz at 830. We've got a Jazz question for you on the way. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. Uh-huh. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kalani Sataki, head coach of BYU. We have four quarterbacks that are definitely you know up there in the running, and we're going to have to narrow this down a little bit because there's just not enough reps to go around. But right now, Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover, and Sojay Mayava, those guys are the front runners, and they're having great days. And, you know, the whole part about spring and even getting into being a coach, you, you want to develop depth. When you get depth and you have four quarterbacks that are battling for starting time, that's a good position to be in. There's a lot of great players here that are in the mix, and then that's the whole part of trying to develop your team and develop your program is that you want to get as deep as possible so it makes everyone have to raise their level of play, and then you just play the best guys. We're seeing some great competition right now, and especially at the quarterback position. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The big news going into this one, no Mike Conley. Precautionary, hamstring, they're going back-to-back. So they decided to sit him against the Wizards, who are 14-25, and and will be going back-to-back themselves after losing to the Sacramento Kings on a last-second shot, 121-119, to drop them 11-under. So no Conley, and that means bigger role for Joe Ingles. Ready to see Joe go get uh, 14 points and uh, 8 assists tonight and uh, hit some threes and have the offense humming? Actually, for me, the most intriguing is normally when they have a player out, we know Joe will go in and move in the starting lineup. We've seen that. Conley's missed seven games. Mm-hmm. They are 7-0 and zero when he is out. So that's not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm all, I expect it, actually. That's not, not a surprise. But I, usually when they have a single player out of the nine-man rotation, that's Ioni to come in now. Will they bring in Ilyasova? That's what I'm looking forward to. How will Quinn Snyder handle that when he goes to the ninth man now with Conley out? It's actually the tenth man. So we know the youngster, his second-year player, I think he is, versus Ilyasova, who's a 33-year-old dude. You just signed him, and I think you want to have him ready in case you need him in the postseason. Well, I don't think you can just sit him and have him do nothing as far as game-wise. Obviously, he can do other stuff off the side, practice, whatnot. But during the games, by not playing him or barely playing him, that would be hard to expect then if you needed him in May and June and July, if he got that far, to be able to contribute. So I'm interested on the back end because I know Joe will step up and he'll do his thing. That's no surprise. I've already seen that a bunch of times. It's how is Quinn Snyder going to handle the end of the rotation. That's what I'm most intrigued by. Ilya Silva's got to make his debut at some point, and whether it's uh, you know learning their offense and defensive rotations, whether it's uh, getting into game shape and maybe he wasn't quite there, uh, whether there's some injury, some small injury he's either had or gotten as he tried to get into game shape, no one's wanted to use their one question <laughs> in the Zoom to chase that down yet. Uh, but to your point, this would be the perfect time. And and they've got they've got eight or nine whatever eight I think it's eight back to backs. This is the first of eight back to backs in the second half of the season. So this is going to keep happening. I think they're going to sit Conley in back to backs the rest of the way. Precautionary. They don't want to lose him, and they need to play other people anyway. So why not see what happens when they get down the bench? And yeah, then, and then probably somebody's going to miss some games along the way besides Conley. Sure, you would expect so that. So I think you you need you signed him. I think with the intent of sort of like an insurance, you know, and that's great. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, But the insurance eventually, you know, you hope you don't have to cash in, but you're probably going to at some point. So you got to get this guy some some playing time. 
I mean, he's a big-time veteran. He's been in the league for many, many years. But still, he hasn't been in the league in a year. Uh, I don't think he's played any games this year. Didn't he get my, uh, Milwaukee let him go in the preseason? Maybe, maybe he got in. I don't think he did. Uh, but, and plus, he, you know, that was with other teams. And so now you want to see what he can do with the Jazz. So that's the intriguing part for me is to see what what he can do because obviously he can shoot the three. He's got some size and all that type of stuff just to see how he fits in. I suspect, you know, Joe will step up and do what Joe does when Joe feels like, okay, I have to do more. I have to uh, what, force the issue or I don't know how you describe it specifically. He doesn't have to defer, and he's not the decoy in the corner that they will never leave, which is why he gets the minutes, but his stat line some nights – Looks like nothing. And now, instead of being one of three guys who can run the pick and roll, he's one of two. Donovan can't run every pick and roll. So Joe's going to have the ball in his hands in the middle of the floor, puts him right in the middle of the action. So the stat line is almost, I hate to say it's automatic, but I do feel like it almost automatically has to change when Conley is out because his role changes dramatically. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, that That's to the point of pretty much a given. Yep. And you know he does what he does. He's having a phenomenal season for his role. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's been good, but now he's even better. I mean, he's getting to the point where if he's open on a three, his feet are set. I'm absolutely my confidence level is like about eighty, eighty-five percent. And it seems like man, he's shooting it so soft. Like Donovan when he took that three against Boston at the top of the key, mm-hmm. it just it seemed like it was just a practice three. And it was just so smooth and so soft. That's the way I feel like with Joe, the way he's shooting, his touch now has just become incredible. So I suspect that uh, I expect that it's going to go in. So he'll do his thing. And I think everybody will do their thing. I think it's important to get this win because you, know, yes. you don't want to lose to a lousy team like this. It's one thing to lose to uh, Philadelphia, uh, maybe even New Orleans at times is good. I think there's, uh, the yeah. With Steph Curry going off, I can understand that. But I'd have a hard time understanding this one. The Wizards are one of the five worst teams in the NBA. They are 11 games under. They are not good. But they when have you are two bottom guys. five. They do have two guys who go off, and that's the only way they've gotten the 14 wins they've I was, gotten. I was going to say. But when you look at the bottom five teams in the NBA, like Minnesota's not good in the first place, and then Carl Anthony Towns sure. had COVID and was out a long time. And Houston... You know, they had to trade their star. Now they're trading other guys. This isn't what they were trying to do. Their season's been turned upside down. So to get into the top five, you know, when you can already put two teams there, man, you are you are a mess. Yeah, just saying that these this is the type of team, though, if you allow either Bradley Bill or Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. to go off, you could find yourself in trouble. Right. Yeah, but even when they off. do go I mean, off, what, and they both had I mean, really they – had, they scored a bunch of points, had a, a bunch of assists. Night. They had good yeah. games individually, just looking at the box score and the stat line against the Kings, and the Kings still beat them. And they're the Kings. They're not very good themselves. Good point. And How now Washington's Kings not be very good. They're the Kings. They got yeah, De'Aaron right. Fox, though. I know. That was, re- that was rep- repetitive and redundant. The Kings, who aren't very good. Repetitive and redundant. I get it. But they're the Kings. Enough said. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, that's the serious stuff. Now let's screw around. BYU and Utah State, they are on the road. PK, you can appreciate this. As a beat writer, you sat in a lot of hotels, you had to kill time. And at least you could get out and walk around town and bump into Tim Duncan before the draft four or five times as you walk the same city streets in Charlotte. 
But now they're in Indianapolis in their hotel rooms and you're not supposed to get together with, you know, four or five buddies and, you know, somebody from another team who you know from the AAU days and, and walk around town. You're not supposed to. You're just sitting there. What are you supposed to do? Help! Listeners, they need your help. We've all killed time. How do you do it? We'll get to that next. Stay with us.